Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we go into the Word of God today. And before we do, let's have words of prayer, and then we'll give you a couple ways to reach out to us as we go forth in, this, in our studies. Father, we just thank you today for this study. We thank you, God, for those who will listen to this broadcast. We thank you, Father, that you were worthy of all praise and all glory. And we believe, O oh God, that your Son sent us. He called us, O oh God, and we are known for such a time as this. And we pray for every hearer, for everyone who will come upon this, this broadcast, these words, Lord, that is be seed into their heart, O oh God, and it will be watered by faith, and it will grow to a great and marvelous increase. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we're going to give you a couple ways to reach us. First, you can mail us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061, or you can email us at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. That's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. And the reason why I'm giving these um, these uh, addresses, uh, mailing address and uh, email address, so that if you have questions or you have a testimony that you wanted to give, please reach out and let us know how this broadcast is affecting you or how we could help you through prayer as we teach the Word of God because we do these things as God has called us to do, and we believe it is effective, and we believe lives are changed, and we believe bodies are healed, we believe that the minds are changed. Not only they are changed, but they are converted through the preaching of the Word of God, and the Scripture says it's through the foolishness of the preaching of the Word of God, because the world looks upon us and uh, looks upon the preaching upon the church and considers some have called us cripples because we have to lean on something else, and, and, uh, and we do. Because we realize, I will speak for myself, I know, without him, if it were not for the Lord on my side, if not he, who have strengthened me in, in times of darkness and weakness, uh, not only when I was uh, unsaved, but now that I am saved, that when there's times that I've seen where I needed help, and that's 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, and 366 in a leap year, I need the, the, the anointing of God, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I believe not only is it for me, it's for everyone who would hear me and all of us who would receive it. And that's why Jesus came, because we knew there was a need for him. So, again, those ways of reaching us by email uh, is that Pastor Eric523 at gmail.com or by mail at uh, Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. So again, we're going to continue on in our, and I believe we're going to close out today, and talking about the uh, era of comparison. And I believe, and I hope that you will understand my words in contact, context, rather, that when we're talking about the era com of comparison, there are times that we have to make comparisons. But when it comes to having God on one hand and the culture of my thoughts on the other, it is an era to ever bring God down to my level. We should always uphold the word of God as it is. It is God. Jesus was the word. He is the word. And as we uh, quoted before and can tell you again, if you go off a reference to Psalms 138, the Lord said that, he said, I will magnify my word above my name. Why? Because God is his word. And if you can find a lie, if you can find untruth, if you can find that instability, which it would be, where God has not upheld the word that he said, then he is no longer God. He's just another figurehead, another uh, empty promise, as we know that other gods are. 
But what, Je what did Jesus say? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man cometh up to the Father but by me. <clears throat> and by him saying this, he says, I am the only way. This is a one-way road when you're going to heaven. It's a one-lane road. There's not many roads that lead to heaven. There are not many ways. There are not many gods. There's one God. There's one Savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. So let's go today. We're going to go over to the book of St. Luke. And we're going to, again, we're going to close out this teaching. But we're going to start out today in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 23. We're going to start at Luke 23. <clears throat> Luke 23. And we're going to start reading around the 26th verse. And uh, we're going to take up somewhat of what we were talking about last week. As Jesus began to talk to his disciples about the end of his life and those things that uh, were going to come upon him, he was letting them know of the life he did he live, the things that had uh, that was going not only had come upon him, but that but that were going to come upon him, and he was getting them ready. And he always wanted them to remember the word. God always points us back, and I know in my own life that. Whenever I'm needing an answer, and some have been a very few times where the Lord has uh, either given a word by someone else or he's given me a word. And I'm talking about a word uh, that he's speaking directly to me. But most times I'm led to the scripture because the scripture is never failed. It's, it's, it's infallible. You're not going to find fear in God's word. So when he points us back to the word, he's pointing us to the truth. He said, it's the truth that'll make you free. It's the truth that destroys you. It's the truth that will break bondages and destroy bondages in our lives and things that the enemy desires to uh, put upon us, be it fear or addiction or uh, uh, whatever hindrance that he may try to, he try to put that lasso around our, our necks or the roaring of cancer, the roaring of uh, addiction, the, roar, the roaring of COVID. Uh, he wants to roar at us and have us to fear. And when we, he does, he moves us out of that place of faith. That's his desire. He wants to move us and get us, un, move the focus from God and God's promises to basically, when you're talking about fear, it's the promises of fear. What does fear say? You're going to die. You're going to lose this job. Your marriage is going to break up. You're going to be broke. You're, you're going to be in financial straits. Your children will never, uh, your children going to be a uh, 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 vagabond. They're going to be thrown out. You're going to lose your house. All of these things are words of fear. But when we trust in him and we elevate him to where Jesus, to who and what Jesus is, Jesus is not just a prophet and he is a prophet. He was more than an evangelist. He's more than a pastor. He's more than a shepherd. He is God. The Bible says he's God manifested in the flesh. And as he is God, the words that he spoke, they were truth. And the truth, the Bible says, will make us free. So we're going to start today in Luke 23. And we're going to read some now as we study in the word. It says, and now Jesus is being, he's captive. He's been taken to the uh, hall. He's been, judgment has been cast upon him. And now they are marching him on the road to be crucified. And it says, as they led him away, talking about Jesus, they laid upon him. They laid upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he may bear it for Jesus. Verse 27, And there followed him a great company of people, and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said what? Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. 
And see, standing on the outside, and that's what I want you to take that, that view, that uh, we see this and not just come. We have to come out of the crowd and hear what Jesus said. And we know now, we know the beginning, the middle, and the end. But if you could just stand above the crowd, and now we have the ability to look into the past, then what is he talking about? Why is he telling them to weep not for him? Because he knew how it looked. And many times, that's what will get us. We look at the circumstances and say, look, I've been in this cage. I've been in this prison. I've been in this box for so many years. I prayed. I did this. I did that. My son, his ways are not changing. My marriage is getting worse. This disease is, is, is I'm wasting away. I'm losing weight. And, but rather than focusing on what the problem is, focusing on this sickness, focusing on the issue, focusing on what's wrong with your marriage, why not focusing on God said, Lord, we're still here. Father, my son is still alive. I know he's in jail. I know he was falsely accused or I know he was guilty. And yet, Father, I ask for mercy. And as we focus on, on God and what he said, this move takes away some of that power, that authority off of the situation because we cannot place God in that box because when we do, we limit God to our circumstances. And that's what got Israel into trouble. That's what Jesus, as we're going to read further, how he rebuked the disciples because they brought him down. They took him. They took the authority of the word. They took the, uh, the impossibility and said, this is, this is impossible. Because think about it. These women, they heard the glorious things, the marvelous things, how the Jesus spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. This man was sealed up in a cave. And when they brought him out, that's what the tomb was. It was just a hollowed out, little hollowed out spot where they had placed him in. His dead body was placed there. He was in there three days. Mary and Martha knew that he was thinking by now. Although they had put spices on him, they had sealed it up, put the rock in front of it. And when Jesus spoke to him and told them that he would, Lazarus was going to rise again, they said, yes, Lord, he'll, he'll rise again in that great day at that great coming. But Jesus said, mm, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to show y'all something. These are my words now. And he wrote, he went to the tomb. And what did he do? He said, roll the stone away. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And the power and the anointing in that word, in that word that he spoke, Lazarus had to get up because it was the voice of God saying, get up. He had the authority of his words brought the soul and the spirit of Lazarus back into that body. And Lazarus, though he was wrapped in grave clothes, came leaping, came, came uh, hopping out of that, out of that, uh, out of that grave tomb in those grave clothes, still wrapped up. And then what did Jesus say? He said, "Loose the man." He said, "Y'all loose, unwrap him, because you have him wrapped up in death." And that's what many of us are. We have our miracle wrapped up in the expectation of loss, in the expectation of this is over, in the expectation. This is what. They did when they wrapped Lazarus up. They said, okay, the expectation was, okay, we laid him in the grave. Now we're going to wrap him up. So as the decay get him, his body and his bones and, 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 and the remains of him won't be all over the tomb, but it will be encased. And see, sometimes we'll be boxed, we are boxed up in our words and what people say and what they say. And we find ourselves entombed. We're taped in a box. We're in a casket. We're in, I'm talking about that casting that we make. We make it in our own minds. We, in our limitations, we placed him upon God. But Jesus said to them, he said, don't wait for me. 
but weep for yourselves and for your children. Now, we're going to move on down, but again, we must take the limits off of him. What, if, what you, if you believe in God for a miracle, if you believe in God for healing, if you believe in God for deliverance, we must look to God and not to the problem. Else we inflate the problem, make the problem bigger than God. But what did Jesus tell them? In, 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 in the book of Mark, he says, speak to yonder's mountain. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And he said, whatever you say, believing in your heart is going to be done. In Matthew 7, he said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive. He didn't say just, I two or three of y'all, when, when you ask, I'll give it to you to everybody else. Oh, well. No. Jesus said, everyone. Matthew 7 and 8, 7 chapters, 7 and 8 verse. Everyone that asketh, what does he mean? People who ask in faith. How do I do it? I go to the word and I meditate on it. And I say, I see that word and I read it and said, Lord, you said everyone. I'm an everyone. You are an everyone. And so we begin to uh, meditate on it. And so, Lord, I believe it. I receive what you said. I believe your word is stronger than this diagnosis. I believe it is stronger than, 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 the, than the jailhouse that's housed my son or my daughter. I believe and I receive, God, that this addiction, Lord, this, these, the pain medicines, God, this addiction to crack or to cocaine or to meth or whatever the, the, the addiction may be. It could be to legal drugs or illegal drugs, whatever it may be. Put your faith and your trust in what God has said and do not compare him to what your to your experience. See, we experience failure. We experience lack. We experience uh, brokenness and we want to put God down to that level. But scripture says greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. So let's go now to uh, from down to the 32nd verse of the same chapter, same 23rd chapter. And it reads. Now, Jesus is on the cross and he begins to say, he said, and there were two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his garments and cast lots. Let's get down to the 31st verse. And the people stood afar off and they said, he saved others. Let him save himself. For if he be Christ, the chosen of God. See, they looked at the circumstances. If you were the visitor to uh, Jerusalem that day and you didn't know anything about what was going on. And somebody said, oh, that's a righteous man. I wonder why. Ah, isn't, it, isn't it sad that he's being crucified? You know, he healed my, healed my brother of leprosy. He, he, you know, I was, I'm the woman that uh, my son was being kicked into the tomb and he stopped the funeral procession and he raised him or you could be Mary or Martha say yes uh, my brother Lazarus they 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 even sought to, to kill him but he 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 raised him after four days and now they're they're, they're going to kill him and see if you get caught up in what you see and in, in, in the in the now rather than looking beyond see we sometimes we have to look beyond our problems you can when you when you're broken you get to see yourself whole when you are addicted, you got to see yourself free. 
When you're in prison, you got to see yourself walking out of those doors and say, and, and the prison being behind you. And now you're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Even though you may have a 20 or 30 year sentence, you may be in stage four cancer. Your son may be, have that sentence where he said, and you know what? We're not only going to put him in jail. We're not going to put him in prison. We're going to put him in solitary confinement. All of these things will, will mount up and mount up and mount up and seem impossible. But greater is he. What does the Bible say? Faith is a substance that is hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I know I've received my healing when I start, when, when, when things have attacked my body. And every, all of us are going to be attacked. One way or another in this life, you're going to be attacked by the enemy. And just because you become sick, just because you have an ailment, just because uh, a loss may come to you, you may lose a job or, you know, could be laid off a job or whatever the case may be. God hadn't left you. What did Jesus say? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When they give you that, that uh, piece of paper saying that your job has been, uh, 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 you've been your, your job has been taken away now. We're moving your job overseas or that the business is, your business may be going out of business. You're losing not only your job, but all of your employees. And, you know, you had the family business. And because of the economy, because of COVID, because of lack of supplies, you, you, you tried to build this business up. And you tried everything you could think of. You borrowed money. You borrowed from friends. You borrowed from family. You know, had people donate money to you to keep your business going. And now look at it. Knowing that your grandfather was a praying man and he was a part of the church and was saving your dad. And now your dad is gone and grandpa gone. And now you have the business and now you have lost it. You know what, my friend? God is still God. Yeah, everybody else in your family, the marriage stayed together. But look at yours. Now is, you know, your husband is gone and he's gone living in another state and, you know, and, 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 and you know, you did all that you could do, but he got caught up. And now it's you and those children. And you trying to make it. He not even paying child support. You just scratching, doing everything you can do. You had to take a job and, you know, how hard I uh, got friends keeping your children for you because you can't afford regular daycare. You're doing everything you know to do. Woman of God, God is with you. If God be for you, who can be against you? See yourself out of this problem. Bless God in the midst of your crying, in the midst of your agony, in the midst of being without. Bless God for the food that you do have. Bless God for the gas that's in your car. Bless God for the clothes and shoes your children do have. The Bible says, in all things, give thanks. It didn't say for all things. It says in all things, in the middle of this. So God, I thank you. I don't know how you're going to get me out, but I see a better day. I see us having a house again. Although we're living with my sister, Lord, although we're living with my mom now, Lord, I believe I see us with my own house. I'm sitting on my back porch, Lord, with my feet up in the chair, not sitting on the deck. My children are happy, Lord. I'm happy because we glorify you for what you've already done. This is what we mean by the era of comparison. When we bring ourselves down and all the other, everybody else, 
they're 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 bitter and they're angry and they if, if they could see their spouse if they could see that woman he'd kill her if he could see that man she'd poison him you know those are not the things and thoughts of a believer that's the thoughts of someone who's been defeated because all of your faith was in that man all of your faith yes you you love your husband less you love your wife but you know what God's still God. He's still on the throne. We've got to look beyond our problems and don't let your circumstances determine your outcome. And this is what was happening here as Jesus was on the cross. It's over now. All you disciples, where you at? The women were there. Where were the men? The disciples were gone because Jesus said they would. He's just coming the time when the sheep, when the, when the shepherd's taken away, the sheep are going to scatter because of fear. And he knew he had to stand in this here to take this walk alone. Even God said to turn his back on his son when he became sin. But yet, if you compare his situation to what and, the, and put the end on, if you close the book and said over, that was Sunday was still coming. Deliverance was still on the way. The Bible says he, for the joy that was set before him, he despised the cross. Uh, uh, he despised that cross and that shame and all those things. He said, for the joy. It wasn't the, it wasn't the shame of being stripped naked. That, that, that it couldn't defeat him because he saw, he, saw, he saw the end. He saw Resurrection Sunday. He saw deliverance. He saw you and I being saved, delivered, set free. He saw you being promoted, although they demoted you and put someone else who you trained, put them over you. And you the one to train them. And yet, you see, Victor said, Father, I thank you. You are for me. Thank you, Lord. At least I have a job. They could have fired me, could have let me go. In all things, give thanks. Not for all things. In all things, give thanks. Because I'm not going to put God at the level of my despair. I'm not going to put God in the level of my sickness, in the level of my financial need. I'm not because he's greater than anything I face or ever will face. Because he is God. And now we're going to go down to the 39th verse and then we're going to move on. And it says, and one of the male factors, again, we, we, in, the, we in the 39th verse. It says, and one of the one of the manufacturers, which was hanging, railed on him and said, if you the Christ, won't you save yourself? But the other man said, don't you fear God? Seeing that you're in the same condemnation, he said, we're all going to die. But this man said, we received due reward for our deed. This man has done nothing. And then he spoke by faith in the in the, in the 42nd verse, he said, Jesus, Lord, he elevated him to God, although he was beaten. He, the Bible says he was beaten so that he even looked like a man. And he said no other man's faith was as marred as his. Not only because of the beating, his hair was snatched out. They slapped him. They beat him. They crushed the thorns upon his head. But all the sin and sicknesses and disease that he took on. The Bible says there was no beauty to be, to be beheld in him. There was nothing pretty about what he was going through. And on top of that, insult upon insult, they stripped 
him naked. And what did the man say? He said, Jesus, in verse 23, 42, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, Lord, I know you, God. By faith, I know you're going to come out of this. I'm coming out too. If you can, if I believe it, will you rise? Will you bring me up? Because I believe you're coming out. And that's what we say. So, Lord, if you rose, I'm going to rise. If you are blessed, the Bible says you became poor that I might be rich. I'm not saying you go, everybody's going to have a million dollars and three cars with a three car garage with a, uh, two, a house on each coast. But the richness of knowing God, the blessing of having peace, of knowing that, as Paul said, if only in this life I have hope, I am a man most miserable. Look at the world as it is today. And if it, only in this life, you got joy because of, uh, of, of that's the only joy you have because of the, the, the money that you make. Everything that you can see is going to pass away. But Jesus said, my word, it shall never pass away. And put it in English, he said, every I shall be dotted, every T shall be crossed. He said, not one jot or tittle. He said, everything coming to pass that I've spoken. Just sit and watch. So as we go on now, let's go to uh, 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 St. Luke 24. We're going to go to the 24th chapter as we uh, seek to close this out today. St. Luke 24. We're going to start reading the 24th verse. Now we're getting to where there were two of his disciples who were walking on the road uh, to Emmaus. And Jesus now is going to come and, and talk to them. This is verse, I'm sorry, Luke 24, 13. We're going to read a couple of verses there, 13 to 15. And it reads, and behold, two of them on the same day, and two of them went on the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about a three score furlongs, a short distance. And they talked together of these things which had happened. They were talking about the crucifixion. And it came to pass, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now Jesus was his his he was hid from them. It's as though they had a blinder on their eyes. And they began to, and they were, as he came up, they were talking about the cross and, and, and all the things that Jesus had promised. Now we look and see the man who we believed in, he he's dead. And now the Bible said they reason said, and when they talked about a reason, they're trying to Put two and two together. Wait a minute. If he's the Savior, he's the Son of God, he's the Messiah. Is the Messiah supposed to come and, and reign in Israel and put all his enemies under his feet and all these things we believed in? And uh, he did. How's all these things that, you know, we wasted three years. We wasted, you know, we wasted uh, all of this time. And Jesus, just like all the others, he died like all the rest of the prophets. They were reasoning. They were trying to make sense. But what they didn't do was, they did not, they did not connect everything because Jesus says, I'm coming back. He said, in three days, I'll be back. Just wait. I've got to suffer. I've got to be crucified. I got to suffer this death, but I will rise again. So now let's go to the 18th verse. And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answering, said to him, are you a stranger in Jerusalem? Has not known the things which have come to pass there in these days. Again, they were talking about everything that happened and everything that had uh, transpired all those three days. Because why? They were limiting him. They were limiting putting Jesus in 
with the cross. And they weren't making connection was there was life beyond the cross. The Bible says we're all going to die. But woe unto him that you, you suffer that second death. It's, we all, if Jesus delay is coming, we all going to die once. But if you die again and you are thrown into the lake of fire, you will never have another chance. That's for eternity. So going down now to the 24th verse, uh, St. Luke 24, 24. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as one has said, but him they saw not. So in other words, uh, Mary and others that came to the uh, uh, tomb, they looked in. Mary had even, the angels spoke to her and said, you go back and tell the disciples that uh, the Savior has, has risen. And now these men are talking about saying, you know, the women, they went. They couldn't find him. They went to the tomb. It was empty. And they begin to question within themselves, how can this be? Because they hadn't made the connection. But now Jesus began to talk to them. And in the 24th verse and the 25th, 24, 25 said, he said to them, oh, fools. And slow of heart to believe all the prophets had spoken. That's what I'm talking about earlier, that whenever you are in a situation, look back to the word. God will take you to the word. Because the word is true. You can stand on it. If you're a believer, you've placed your eternity in the words that a man spoke 2,000 years ago. When he said, I go and prepare a place of you, place for you. If it were not so, I would not have spoken this. He said, but I go away and I'm going to call you. I'm going to bring you to myself. And this is what he was saying. Jesus said, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in the scriptures the things concerning himself. Again, whenever you are in, a, um, uh, uh, in an issue, you're in a problem, you're, in a, uh, you're between a rock and a hard place, as some would say, go to the word. You can only stand on the word that you know. You can't go by what pastor say. It's going to work for pastor because that's what pastor knows. But you got to know the word. Therefore, go to the word and see what does it say about sicknesses? By his stripes I am healed. What did he say about finances? I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. What did he say about the surety of his word? God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken it and shall he not make it good? Numbers 23, 19. God is a, not a man. Get that in your heart. We got to get that in our heart that if God promised it, he is going to do it. But if we limit him, and this is what's written over in Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 78, 41. I'm going to read to Psalms 78, 41. While the Lord was talking to them, he talked about how that Israel had had, had, had forsaken him, how they had sinned. And all the things that Israel had did, said, God said, I'm going to, you cannot go into my kingdom. You will not go into rather the promised land. You will not go into Canaan. Not because they built the, uh, they built the, uh, 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 the golden calf. Not because they grew weary at the uh, bitter wars of Mara. Not because they spoke against Moses and, and, Said, you know what? We're taking, we taking you down, bro. We're going back to Egypt. 
And no one, they didn't, when they came over the, think about it. When they had to cross the Red Sea, they had lost their faith. And it was Moses and him touching the rod and obeying God, the sea split. And they walked over on dry land. Now think about it. They didn't have any boats. So they're talking about, we're, okay, we're going back to Egypt. Like the Egyptians wanted them back. And not only that, how were they going to have to cross the Jordan? They would have needed a miracle to cross the Jordan. And they needed another miracle to get across the Red Sea. That's what Satan will do. He will put you in a stupid place. Sometimes we just have to stop and say, Lord, what am I doing? We have to judge yourself and say, Lord, I don't think these, these I'm not thinking right. Don't bring God down to your circumstances, but elevate him into the place where he is. The Bible says he is Alpha and Omega, beginning at the end and the end. He who was, who is, and who is to come. God is with you before you, he knew which before you had the problem. He made and gave a solution before you got the problem. And in the middle of the problem, he's there with you. Don't lower him to your circumstance. So Psalm 73, 41 says, And yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remember not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. He had, he had brought signs. I mean, that's what wrought means. That means he wrought, he worked out his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoran. And it goes on and talks about all the miracles that God had done, all the plagues he had brought upon Egypt, and they forgot him. Because when they saw another issue, they limited him and said, can God? If you are a believer, you know God can. You know he's delivered you before. I don't care if you was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I don't care what you're in. Jesus is faithful. And as I've often said, the greatest prayer that you could ever pray is, Lord, help. Lord, help. Help me, Lord. I need you. I know I left you. I know that I'm limited myself. I've limited you. Lord, show me the way out of this. Let me give you a word. Jesus is the way. Turn back to him and say, Lord, I come. Submitting myself to you. Show me the way. Lead me, Lord, by your truth. And I will obey you, Lord. I trust you. For you are the faithful one, the faithful God. The one in whom I trust. Save me, deliver me. As I give you honor. And say, Lord, this problem is finished. I know my body is still hurting. My son is still in jail. My business is below zero. My marriage is, is I'm, I'm divorced. Yes, Lord, I'm living with mom and, and, and I lost my house. But in the end of this, I'll be able to give you glory. I'll give you glory now for the victory that's already mine. I hope you got something out of this word today. And just receive these few words, these simple words that I've given you today in, in this teaching. Don't limit God. Don't let the error of, commit the error rather, of comparing God to your situation. But look up, as scripture says, for your redemption draweth nigh.
Your deliverance is here. That, that, that words were spoken in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, our redemption lies on the inside. For you a believer, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. If you, are, if you don't know Jesus today, pray this simple prayer. Lord, I come to you. Forgive me of my sin. Save me, Lord. You said in your word, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I call upon you now, Jesus. I believe that you wrote, you would die for my sin. I believe that you rose on the third day. And I believe as I call upon you, I am saved. And I'm now a part of the family of God. Lead me. Show me, Lord, those things that I must do. And I give you praise and ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. I receive you as my God. And I believe today that all is well. Thank you again for joining us on Journeys in Grace. Until we meet again, be blessed.